All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Connections. Ayer, what's up, man? How you doing? Not too much. Not too much. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks, man. Well, thanks for jumping on. So, I mean, like I said, we were talking before, you know, I've been following your work for quite a while, whether that's on Twitter or the blog posts. Um, and of course, like your book that I've recently read, but maybe for the folks, you know, listening and watching, how would you even define yourself? I guess, do you feel like you're an author first, an investor first? Like, what do, what do you kind of identify as, as professionally? I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of follow my, follow my curiosity and that ends up, you know, like, writing and sharing and meeting people mm-hmm. and um, investing, you know, is, is a really interesting kind of like mental pursuit and just mm-hmm. high leverage activity. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I found, I was lucky to learn pretty early. I think that like when you share the stuff you're interested in and mm-hmm. talk about it, you end up kind of holding up a flag and like right. people come find you and they're like, Oh, that's a cool idea. I'm interested in that too. And right. Um, I mean, it's really like started as a small snowball. That's just kind of, I've always found encouragement and excitement and reason to kind of keep sharing and keep exploring mm-hmm. new stuff. And um, I probably could be more organized about it, but like, <laughs> as soon as I share whatever I'm interested in, like, right. you know, I kind of find a new, a new path forward and new people to talk to about it with. I love it. I mean, and I think that's honestly like a way to live too. Cause I think I've said this before too many of us, I think get in the path, like I'm an accountant, so I'm only going to like stay in the lane of like this. Like we almost like, I think the, the schooling system almost kind of creates that. Like you come out of college, even if you have an engineering degree, you might not be an engineer, maybe you use those engineering skills to like further, you know, whatever it may be in startup, um, which kind of segues me to my question on your thoughts on traditional, I guess, education, because a lot of what you speak about seems to me, from reading it and being like a reader and viewer of it are the concepts, ideas, and philosophies that are like, they feel so natural and human and fundamental to um, like wealth and, and business and whatnot, but that's not, I guess, necessarily what you get typically from like college or education. Um, do you think that like the old methods of like education are maybe going to like transition out of this, like the more like access, I guess we have to, to folks like yourself and even just independent creators like sharing their life's work in that manner. Um, I'm just interested in your kind of perspective on that. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting kind of, I don't know, almost philosophical question. Um, right. And I'm not sure these are unformed thoughts for me. So I'm, I'm happy to kind of share them and talk through with Please. you, but I, I don't know that this is, um, this is not a strong opinion that I have. I, I think right. when, I was, when I was younger, I was very like anti um, critical of the kind of established education system. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure that that was, fair. I think I was just, I was expecting it maybe to do everything for me and it doesn't, and it's not designed to, and that's kind of okay. Like, like it's perfectly fine. Um, but when you expect it to do everything for you and rely on it to do everything for you, and then it doesn't, and you either don't know, or don't know how to don't know that it's not going to deliver everything for you or don't know that you have to go out on your own and kind of figure some of this out. Um, so I I think the way I look at it now is kind of, is just encouraging high agency and, and understanding like what the traditional education education system delivers and doesn't deliver. Mm-hmm. And what I find sort of interesting, and I guess maybe this is a way to classify my work, but is like trying to help people understand the things that traditional education doesn't. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that traditional education should, it just means that like, right. that's where I thrive and what's interesting to me. And, um, you know, like there's, a, I think it's a Burry, Michael Burry was like, there's no, uh, there's no school that can perfectly teach you investing. Like right. if they did, tuition would be infinitely high and like right. the weight lie would be out forever. And I think that's true of a lot of things, either because it's very 
personal or because it's very nuanced or because it's changing so fast that mm-hmm. like you just can't expect to walk into a classroom and sign up for a class and like get taught how to be a world-class investor right. or a world-class writer even. Um, yeah. So so there's just a, a, an amount of self-education that you have to be responsible for no matter who you are and what you're doing or, mm-hmm. or even what your job is, I think. Um, and that's a it's a very different pursuit. Like being a good self-educator is very different from being a good academic student test taker Um, or something. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's, there's a little bit of a threshold that people cross when they realize that I think, and Mm -hmm. and kind of like, Oh man, I'm gonna have to become a lifelong learner. Um, and that's, that is probably the closest thing to like a label that my, my mental tribe has (laughs) is like, I understand that I have to be a lifelong learner and I'm excited to be one and like that takes a lot of forms um for all of us kind of in different directions and different platforms and different interests um but but that's something i can always identify with and keep like keeping your curiosity right like you said like earlier it's like it's hard to say like what necessarily like defining yourself as like one job i think the more you if you think about yourself in terms of just like hey look i'm interested in this i'm gonna learn about this and maybe one day if that makes me money maybe one day if it doesn't um so be it, but at least I think just like accepting, I guess, um, that you're going to have like a diverse set of interests and business interests and whatnot, um, which kind of, I mean, the quote sticks out to me from the book, the Albanac of Naval uh, Rivikant is that to the keys to wealth, one of them is being a perpetual learner. Um, you, I mean, clearly you're, you're a fan of Naval, you accumulated this amazing book. Um, you got Tim Ferriss to write the forward of it. How did that come about? Maybe what were your initial, how'd you, come aware of Naval and then um, what was that like kind of working through his all of his life's work and uh, accumulating such a great book yeah I think um, I mean by another kind of stroke of luck I was introduced to Naval pretty early in my life I was um, I grew up in in Michigan I was uh, at actually at a startup weekend in Detroit and somebody was like if you want to get to Silicon Valley and you want to understand what the Silicon Valley ethos and world is all about then like go read every post on Venture Hacks, which was uh, Naval and Nivi's blog, okay. and and go read everything that Paul Graham's ever written. Um, and I was like, okay, like, here <laughs> I go. Um, and so from, from, you know, the first context, he was kind of held up as like uh, somebody who was broadcasting and writing and sharing things that would help you kind of get your head into the Silicon Valley ethos and ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I don't, he didn't have a big following then mm-hmm. at all, um, but I always appreciate it. He's very, he was very, um, I don't know, contrarian is an overused word, but like an independent thinker and right. like not necessarily just kind of parroting whatever the Valley trope was at the time, but like right. really kind of examining things and doing things differently enough to be kind of an interesting experiment. And so I followed him for a long time and listened to podcasts and talks and um, things that he was sharing. And the book came about in, um, I don't know, three or four years ago, he did an interview with Shane Parrish on the Knowledge mm-hmm. Project, which was a really exceptional interview. And it, I listened to it three or four times. And I thought there was just so much incredible kind of timeless wisdom in this. And yeah. podcasting is such a, you know, it's huge, but it's also kind of a weird subculture. Like there are people who just don't do podcasts, right? right. Um, or don't do Twitter. Um, but like everybody knows what to do with a book. It's searchable, it's indexable. It's this kind of right. timeless permanent medium that's very accessible and giftable and viable. And um, everybody knows what to do with a book. And so right. I've always been a, a, you know, a bit of a curator and a organizer and editor. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of threw this idea out there and um, in a very half-assed, like <laughs> joking <laughs> offhanded way. And they've all retweeted it and 5,000 people were like, hell yeah, like we want this. I was like, oh, like, okay, I guess here we go. Um, and then 
it consumed three years of my life and, <laughs> and here we are now with a finished product. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun to do. And, um, you know, I, it, it's a very weird how it came about. It was not very intentional, right. um, but it's pretty unique too. I don't I mean, like the way, I mean, his taking his work and like you give full in the beginning of it, you're like, Hey, look, I'm, I think you said like all brilliance is of all, all mistakes are mine. Um, and then, but then you get Tim Ferriss to write the forward. Like, what was that like? I mean, you just kind of said like, Hey, I'm, I mean, he obviously maybe is a fan of Involve as well. Just working with him. Obviously he's known as someone who's a free thinker as a, just someone who's like, again, the same thing we're talking about perpetually curious and whatnot. Um, getting him to write it. How was that? Just, you kind of just reached out to him and said, Hey man, like, would you be willing to do this or. Uh, I can't take much credit for, for, for that, honestly. I mean, I know, um, it, it, I think it really has a lot more to do with Tim and Naval's relationship, which is, you know, right. they've been friends for a long time. And as I mean, Tim wrote in the forward, like I really have wanted a Naval, you know, a, 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 like a relic right. of Naval, a, a book to be done for a long time. And I think, um, yeah, I think they have a great, you know, kind of uh, mutual friendship relationship respect that mm -hmm. is kind of tangible in their interviews and stuff like that. And yeah, it was a, it was a very, um, I'm super grateful for him, uh, doing that, but it's also kind of a weird project. Like, right. you know, the book is available for free online to anybody in the world. The whole thing's posted on the website. You can download digital versions for free. Mm -hmm. um, Tim, Tim pretty famously like does not do forwards. And this is just like a yeah. weird enough project that, um, was part of, he, a, you know, a close enough friend of his that I think, um, it shook it up a little bit. Like if this was the Almanac of Eric Jorgensen, like there is mm -hmm. no chance that it would have a Tim Ferriss forward. So I, right. I, I, like, I have no, I have no secrets there. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I like it. And then like, talk to me about the, the concept, kind of like diving a little bit deeper about leverage. Let me like pull up one, because I just actually read one of your, your tweets. It's, it's, you can't preemptively build leverage or you can preemptively build leverage without knowing how you're going to use it. Like audience, credibility, savings, portfolio connections are all useful in almost uh, any kind of future goal. Um, I don't think a lot of people think about that in, or in terms of like leverage, maybe I'll let you, you define it how you see it. Um, Cause I think most people think of just their career and life is just like, earn income is it earning me money now is it going to earn me money in the future not necessarily this like concept of like building leverage in your life maybe if you want to expand on that and how, how did you kind of come to because i love i mean the tweet's very concise and it makes perfect sense to me but maybe expand a little bit on that yeah i mean so leverage um is a little bit of I don't know, it can be a confusing word for people because there's financial versions and then there's kind of right. a connotation of like to get leverage over someone. And this is neither of those, right? This right. is the mental model that starts with the simple machine from physics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you get, if you get a lever that's two X longer on one arm, you can lift two X the weight with one X the effort. Um, and it's one of those things that like we all kind of take for granted in our everyday life, right? Like a lever is uh, the paddle of a kayak, a lever is how you open a pop can. It's how you like pull a nail out of a board. Uh, right. It's how you jack up a car, but like, it's kind of a tiny little miracle in the same way that like compounding, like blows your mind when you actually think about what happens right. over 20 years of, of compounding returns. Um, and so when you, when you abstract the, like the physics mental model into your daily life and your work, and you think about, um, you basically reorient your thinking around like, how do I increase my effort to output ratio, mm. right? Like that's the, the fundamental kind of art of it is, is like, how do I accomplish more? How do I right. spend this hour such that 
it saves me 10 hours in the future or it accomplishes 10 hours worth of work. Um, and I think this podcast is a really good example, right? Like one of the whole, um, you know, I, I kind of break leverage into four main categories and mm -hmm. one of them is product, which is like, you know, preserving your effort or judgment or experience into a, a product, usually mm -hmm. um, whether that's a, you know, a file of code, a book, a recording, mm -hmm podcast, something like that. And so we're going to spend, you know, 30 minutes, an hour here or whatever. And then a hundred people, a thousand people, maybe are going to listen to it, whether that's in parallel or, you know, you know, over a year into the future. And so in one hour, you know, maybe five hours of total effort with editing and everything like that, right. we've got, you know, a 200 X return on that time. If a thousand different people listen to it mm -hmm. and it's a really, you know, in, in some ways we're surrounded by it and it's a little bit obvious, uh, but it's, it is a tiny little miracle. And there's, there's people right. who are making deliberately uh, leveraged decisions and they're doing leveraged work and over time in the same way that somebody with a good savings rate and a good rate of return that compounds into incredible outcomes. People right. who are doing leveraged work compound into incredible accomplishments. And so if you look at somebody like, um, you know, James Clear is a good example, um, who's been like writing very consistently for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like, it seems like he's an overnight success with a million, you know, people right. on his newsletter and a book that sold millions of copies, but really like he did highly leveraged work. He preserved his judgment. He wrote, he shared, he built an audience. Mm -hmm. Um, and he took the time to, to care, very carefully build leverage over time until now, you know, one hour of his effort, one tweet that he sends reaches orders of magnitude more people than right. you or I reach um, because he has more leverage, but he built that himself very deliberately over time mm -hmm. using that mindset. So um, what I've tried to do, you know, in, in my writing and sharing in, in this course is like kind of first help people understand that mindset and then understand what that, what kind of work that is and what it looks like and what it feels like and when you're doing it and when you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. And then some frameworks for decision-making and kind of mapping out your leverage and finding bottlenecks. You know, usually people are, are very skilled at one or two, but like totally blind or have mental blockers about using one or two, you know, they're really good right. at code, but they don't know how to hire somebody. They're really, um, they have a great aptitude with tools, but they're not really sure how to, you know, invest capital in, in getting tools or people or, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see the personalities and how they, how they shake right. out. Which and kind of, it brings us to like, you mentioned a good point. Like if you don't know how to do something, the importance of finding someone who does and it kind of mm -hmm. ties into like networking and whatnot, like, um, just the value of, of the relationship that you've built and the professional collaboration over, over time. Um, it tends to help your career. It might not help you right now, but it tends to work out knowing certain people in certain areas, obviously for a financial advisor, it's important for me to know, you know, CPAs, lawyers, real estate agents, these people are, like you said, kind of like the hidden economic value, my leverage force to be able to manipulate maneuver and move around my career. Um, I think it's just an important point. Um, and it kind of like with social media, almost it, like how much do you value social media? Like do you give a shit about like followers? I mean, you know, you've built like a, a viewership and a readership, but like, how do you view in terms of like this, like influencer culture that we all just are, have been thrust into? I mean, I'm 26, kind of like almost grew up with it on like on the perfect mm -hmm. wave of like Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, for business purpose, purposes, it's clearly leverageable in terms of, you know, almost like remove the gatekeeper. Maybe I don't need a publisher. I can speak directly to the people that care about me, follow me. How do you think though that that impacts us going forward? Or do you have any kind of thoughts on it, what it plays out to be five, 10 years from now? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I know it's a broad question, but it's a broad question. It's a and it's a very interesting phenomenon that means something like a little different to everybody. I think, yeah. um, and, and I'm kind of 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 two maybe like seemingly opposite opinions, which is like I I treat Twitter Twitter's where I hang out most of the time, um, mm-hmm. but like I treat it kind of like my living room. Like I'm I'm not trying to build a very specific brand. I'm sharing the stuff that I'm interested in. I'm cracking jokes. I share like pictures yeah. of my sandwiches, right. um, and like just want to make it fun I, I do want to provide value and be useful for, for people and like share things that kick off interesting conversations and help me mm-hmm. learn and help others learn um so on that side of things like i don't take it too seriously as a business tool mm-hmm. um I, I guess i should say like i don't take it like overly um but it, it, it does have a crazy high impact and i am at the same right. time like aware of the responsibility that comes with having you know forty thousand followers right and like you want to be careful with that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, you know, I, I respect what it means, you know, which is that like this rather large number of people like has at least some interest in the things that I'm saying and some faith that I'm going to give them like something interesting or at least something funny right. <laughs> on, on a like semi-frequent basis. Um, but I, I'm, I try not to over-engineer anything. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, and I think, I think it can get tiresome for people who do over-engineer it, like tiresome to do and tiresome to, to receive as a, as right. a reader. Um, and I just try to like, I think over the long haul, like the more natural and honest you are, mm-hmm. like the more resilient you are, you know, you might grow a little right. somebody who's like got a super focused message that they just like hammer over and over and over and over again. Right. Um, but that gets old for, for them and for people following. So, right. um, I don't know, that's, that's as close as I have to a, yeah. <laughs> like a form thought. It's, it's tough. I know I'm asking like big philosophical questions, but it, to me, it's like, I've always like, you know, like being on LinkedIn being like, uh, like I just saw it quickly a couple of years ago. It was like, Hey, if I put out, if I'm just not using this as just a direct like sales, like hammering people for 15 minute phone calls, but rather put out content relating to financial planning, that's inherently going to associate me with the service. I don't know when that person might need me, but if they do, boom, I've, I'm on the top of their mind, that sort of thing. Um, but to me, it's like always important to not become like a, a caricature of yourself. Like you don't want to be a caricature of Eric and start okay. saying things that feels like what an author, investor, entrepreneur kind of would say. So I always like almost like force, like check myself to, like you said, not take it too seriously. And, and also not being afraid to be vulnerable in a way and, and genuine in a way that people know it's like actually that person you're not just kind of like running this like facade of like a personality because i think over time people can kind of smell that and see right through it which obviously is not good yeah i think that's i mean that, that's my approach with you know me as a personal individual which like right. some people are building anonymous profiles or right. company brands and that's like kind of a different thing that maybe has different rules um but i have more fun and, and you don't have to like put on a mask you just kind of like show up as you right. and share what you're interested in and um i don't know that's the kind of that's the kind of giant global scaled living room i'm interested in right. i like it um let me ask you this too so do you think everybody should be an entrepreneur because it seems like there's this like in our society there's this like pressure now i think you're seeing a lot of especially younger kids it's like almost like a pressure to be like earning income like we like all these like instagram and stuff it feels like there's a culture of like if you're not earning 11 sources of income before you're 22 you've done something wrong um do you think is that just society because we're just like uh 
not a frothy market environment, but I, I think uh, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk speaks a lot about this. Like when it, it, we have a downturn, it's going to like stamp some people, I think, out of, of this, whatever you want to call it, like entrepreneurship, hustle porn type stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's never been easier, I think, to be an independent operator and like less gatekeepers to like building a successful life, wh- however you define that. Um, but what's your thoughts on that? And it's like, or is it, you know, in terms of like nine to fives versus trying to be this like do it myself kind of personality and business person? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think it all starts from, from self-knowledge, right? Like you, there are, there are plenty of great jobs out there and great people doing great jobs. And Mm -hmm. it takes a long time to kind of learn enough of the world and enough of yourself to know what's a good fit for you. Um, and I think there's, there's people probably on, on both sides of that fence that are on the wrong side for them and that they'll figure out eventually, you know, there's, there's people who value entrepreneurship and like look up to it but like but it's not right for them and they and they will find their way maybe out of that eventually um and on the other side there's people who like think the right thing to do is to go get a job or are just like not yet confident enough to like um or haven't built you know built their book of business or Mm -hmm. built their skills or whatever like entrepreneurship has a um time and a place in your life where it's more likely to be successful and i think that's you know, right. there's people who are very thoughtful about that and it's a totally a fair approach. Um, there's no right answer. There's no right answer for anybody, but you, that right answer can change over time. Um, I, I think maybe some of what you mentioned in the beginning of people, like, I, I think crazy hustle porn and like wild algorithmic things and like this phenomenon where people are constantly bragging about how much they're making or like, right like the algorithms feed that to you um, right. and you constantly see like the most outsized outcomes. Right. And that leads to these kind of like crazy misaligned expectations and, you know, mm. a, a supernatural level of desires that are sometimes mm-hmm. conflicting and like wild right. and like learning to recognize that and not let it um, affect your psychology and not let it affect your decisions. Mm. And um, I, I think that's, that's helpful. So yeah, there's definitely like, it's definitely possible to over-focus on that and over-prioritize and forget right. some of the other values, you know, some of the other valuable things in life, like your health or your right. family or your friendships or your community or um, whatever those things are. And, and people will go through those phases and eventually find those other things rewarding also or more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you got to go all in on something for a while to like right. figure out what that's like. So um, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't pass judgment on it, but I know I've seen enough. I've seen it, enough of those stories right. to see how it evolves over time. Right. To me too. It's always like, I try to, like you said earlier to try to be as genuine as possible. Cause I think it would be a, it's the worst thing you could be would be like a nice, cool person on the internet. And it'd be like an asshole in real life. Um, and I just think it's like business gets more intertwined with like digital like stuff. It's like, if you're, if you're acting like you're not someone or even just your work is not who you truly want to be, that it just, it leads to a, a bad place. Um, and you know, in my opinion, um, and, and it's a long game, right? Like people, right. people figure that out like pretty quick. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you see people with like slippery, crazy click funnels and like really heavy converting copy and over-optimized stuff. And it's like, like, yeah, you might like, you might have a better conversion rate on that page, but like, you're going to lose trust with people and yeah, like, you know, you can, you can fool people once, but like, that's not going to happen again. And what really matters is like, whether you feel good about the value that you're delivering and whether you're getting like great, 
I mean, to me, the, the my favorite thing is like very uh, well articulated, like high impact qualitative feedback. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I know that this was like just a blog post to you, but like it totally changed my approach to work. And like, I, I think you're going to save me like thousands of dollars this year. I'm like, great. Right. Like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's you know, that one of those emails is worth, you know, t- right. 10,000 page views. Um, so, and, and that person, it just has a very different relationship with like my work and my effort now. And right. um, I don't know, I find that super rewarding. Yeah, no, as, I mean, in, in, like you said, just some like one person saying like, wow, like this is amazing. Or like, you know, they end up like sharing something with you, like how much, how incredible that is um, knowing that you're like impacting real lives. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's the same for you in the financial services world, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can, you can rack up a lot of page views that don't mean much um, right. or, or you can like sit across the table from, you know, one or two people a day and like see the relief in their face when like you help them through a problem. Right. Um, like you can retire, like, holy, you know, holy shit. Yeah. Like I can like, you know, we can have that farm and you know, wherever, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the, like some of the happiest people I know, this is kind of a weird thing, but some of the happiest people I know are like plumbers and electricians and like house cleaners and people who just like their job is to just go like to three or four houses a day and mm-hmm. solve an overwhelming problem for like a very reasonable amount of money. And yeah. just like, like when you can go into somebody's house and solve the biggest stressor in their life in that day, and like get a hearty handshake and a warm smile on the way out. Like that's awesome. That feels so good. And like those of us who spend a lot of time on the internet, like you can get some really big numbers that don't feel nearly as good as some of those, like just warm one-to-one interactions. Right. And I think too, with COVID, I mean, maybe we've even like come to appreciate that type of stuff even more, man. Like, I mean, like, I think everyone, you know, mm-hmm. if you're fortunate enough to not have been like directly impacted, like, you know, maybe you caught the illness or someone, you know, passed away, unfortunately, like if I think a lot of us can take a silver lining that like, man, like we're going to really appreciate like, like a damn hand, like a handshake or hanging out with like, you know, like yeah. your grandpa and stuff like that. I think it really did wake a lot of people up. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to say like we needed that because that kind of discredits people that suffered from it. But like to a degree, I think a lot of people took it as an opportunity to look inward and maybe re, you know, reorganize, maybe repivot how they view life and work. And I mean, it changed all kinds of human behaviors and who knows, I guess, like what the shakeout of this will be in the next three to four years. Um, Is there anything profound that you found like yourself? Did you, during COVID remote work life, did did it shift your thinking in terms of how you operate and and what you're going to do moving forward? Uh, I did feel like very, um, it felt a little good to be like united as a species against a challenge, right? right? Like it didn't, it didn't last super long. It didn't last the whole pandemic probably. Like we Toilet found paper started arguing <laughs> with each other. Yeah. yeah. But um, it did for, for at least a few kind of weeks or months early on, um, it, it had the like, I always dream of an alien invasion to like unify humanity and just right. like get us to stop arguing with each other. Um, but it kind of felt like that. And there was this return to kind of like wholesome activities of people like spending time with family, spending time at home, going for walks, you know, baking bread and playing card games. Um, And it it was a reminder of the simple pleasures. And, you know, I think it, it uh, was a pattern interrupt for, you know, for the hustle porn and the stress of daily life and a reminder of all the things that are really important, which is, you know, our health and our relationships and our, our communities. Right. Yeah, you would think, maybe if, if we have aliens land that are like Republicans and Democrats, like I, I wouldn't surprise me if they're like debating about what, what to do, like in Congress. Like, oh no, the spaceship is blue. This is not right. good. Yeah. 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 
Um, it's true, man. Well, look, man, I hate to cut it short, but I do like to keep these nice and concise, man. But look, I appreciate your, your thoughts on, I know we kind of touched on a, a wide range of both philosophical and then super tactical stuff. Um, but I, I certainly appreciate your work. Um, I'm going to keep following you and keep subscribing to your work and uh, I appreciate you coming on here, man. Of course. Yeah. I, I hope it helps. And I hope you uh, continue to find whatever I'm curious about interesting as I, <laughs> as I share it. Awesome, I appreciate man. you having me on. This is a lot of fun.